Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party in Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going really well. Probably one of the most hectic weeks for both of us in a long, long time. I successfully made the move from Portland to Seattle unscathed, so happy to be here. Hey, now we're both back in the 206. Things are going great, uh, and we'd love to have you. We got a fun episode, though. Today we are going to be discussing some news, and every time Apex Legends has been copied to date. Kind of a fun episode. Before we do that, though, make sure to join us on Discord to chat Apex, find teammates, and receive third-party updates. Link is in the description. If you're interested in a third-party video podcast, we are too. We're trying our best to make it happen. If you want to help support that, please head over to Patreon and help us reach that next goal. You also can get ad-free listening, exclusive merch, gaming sessions with us, monthly calls, Discord perks, and much, much more. We'd love to have you. Thanks so much. With that, though, let's dive into the news. First piece of news, in-game teasers for the collection event have begun. There are some signed teasers, little billboard things for the location between Lava City and Geyser, kind of. And the signs read, Renewal Plaza, exclusive home to Peric Modifications. That's Rampart's last name, kind of confirming this Rampart town takeover and collection event that's been rumored for a long time. What are some of your thoughts on maybe something that is themed towards Rampart in terms of skins and potentially really cool gameplay? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Rampart. I am really excited for this. My expectations are really high, actually, for this town takeover. Okay. Um, just because of those things, and I think you have so much to play with with uh, mm-hmm. doing a Rampart theme. What's interesting, though, is that these teasers and signs are not very colorful and flashy, and they don't scream Rampart. So I'm kind of waiting for a twist and something kind well, of big and bold. Day of recording, so and we both haven't gotten a chance to play today. I only saw this because of Twitter, thankfully, but one of the signs did get some Rampart graffiti style put on it. So we're working towards that direction, which I'm sure is going to end up being a huge influence on the town takeover itself. Beyond excited to see what amped covers, will there be like any mounted turrets? You know, we could go a lot of directions. I mean, it's a weapon modder. Is there going to be like a weapon modding station getting you hop-ups, anything along those lines? There's a lot of really cool directions I think they could go uh, with Rampart's TT. Next piece of news. Respawn has decided to remove tap strafing from Apex Legends in patch 10.1. The reasoning behind this being that it is inaccessible, lacks readability and counterplay, along with it being exasperated by movement abilities. What are your first impressions on hearing this? And then we'll go into some of the follow-up news that happened because of it. I mean, my reaction to it is they've done things like this in the past. They're going to mm-hmm. continue to try to preserve the the quality of life in the game, the accessibility. Um, but like we're about to discuss, there was a lot of drama around this. Yeah. The removal of this really relit a fire under the MNK versus controller aim assist topic slash debate to the point that Respawn came out and said that they will continue to evaluate 
aim assist in Apex Legends, and that players should not feel forced to use a specific input type. John Larson posted a very long uh, Twitter thread about this, which you should definitely go give a read if you're interested in the topic. The one thing we'll pull from it and mention is that he did say, across MMR levels, ranks, you name it, the difference in weapon performance is not nearly as great as some would believe. Pred-level controllers are not beating out pred-level MNK with prowlers in close range at any sort of crazy rate. John did go on to say that data aside, this will be something the team continues to discuss in the future. We've talked about aim assist a couple of times on this pod, and for anyone who doesn't know, if you're new, Henry and I are controller players on PC. I think this uh, statement by John, though, really reinforces the fact that this is something that is falsely getting some attention that it probably deserves. If the game is balanced as is, there's really not a drastic reason for change. It's tough though. Obviously, tap strafing was something that a small number of players could do. A small number of players that had a large voice though. And we're seeing kind of the consequences of that kind of stuff rippling throughout the rest of the community. It's a tough scene to be in for sure. It's really tough because I think both communities, the controller and the mouse and keyboard, are both very much entrenched. When we were making the switch mm-hmm. from console to PC, we were both nervous. We were like, I think we're going to get destroyed by yeah. just playing mm-hmm. against mouse and keyboard. They're, they got a lot better equipment than us. They're going to be just better. We're not going to be able to compete. That turned out to not be true. Like both of our KDs went up on PC, even though our mm-hmm. aim assist went down because controller on console has a stronger aim assist than on PC. And so it's like, there's a lot of these misconceptions and I think people don't understand what it's like to do it on the other input. So it's kind of important to hear these facts from the developers saying, hey, there isn't a difference. You know, that thing that you're complaining about, that's that thing that you believe in, isn't actually true. So adjusting that, I think, is really important for everybody. It's tough because it's just this ripple effect of, and I love I love the CDL, and we're going on a little bit of a tangent here, but best when the MVP from the Call of Duty League came out and played Apex Legends for the first time and was like, aim assist on Apex is cracked. And that got retweeted everywhere and blew up. And then one of the responses was just essentially along the lines of, do you think this might have anything to do with you being one of the top two controller players to ever touch the sticks? And he was like, maybe. Like, of course it does. Like, if you're really, really good, you're going to have success. But we can get into it in a full other episode. If you guys are really interested in the topic, let us know. The best players in the world play on MNK and pro play in Apex Legends, and it doesn't look like that's changing despite some of the complaints that we're seeing right now. Next piece of news. Starting next patch, players swapping from red to a gold shield with no more health no longer require the long press. I think this is something we've been asking for for a long time. Are you happy to see some of this quality of life come into the game? Yeah. I feel like it kind of came out of nowhere that we'd been kind of talking about this on the back burner for a long time and running into Mm -hmm. it again and again. It's kind of a niche situation. Um, It almost felt like it just kind of happened on Twitter and then they implemented it. I'm not sure, but it kind of seemed like one of those things where it just popped up, got fixed. The devs were on it and said, you want it, you got it. Love it. We love it when that happens. 
Next piece of news, last week after we recorded, it was officially announced that the Dome has been rotated out of the arena's rotation and been replaced by Hillside Outpost. Some of your thoughts, first impressions, besides the fact that we finally learned the name of this unnamed POI that we'd been dropping on Kings Canyon for so long. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, I've played a couple games on it. I think that it's fun. Um, what's interesting, though, is the high side of the hill seems like that's where you have to go. It's yep. very much divided. And in terms of fairness, it's really tough if you're not on the spawn side that has the tower because you just have an incredible height advantage um, to see the enemy. So it's an interesting map. It's fun. I think there's a lot to unpack in terms of uh, ranked and competitive. I have yeah. some some concerns, perhaps. Yeah, this is a map that definitely uh, could have some issues, I think, to say the least, amongst those really high levels of ranks. And we talk about the advantage of height and so much and this map really takes it to another level in terms of how it just flows together with the height really interested to continue to play it and learn more about it next piece of news monster and apex legends have partnered now when you purchase an apex legends monster drink you can upload your receipt and be entered to win in-game content as well as a zip lining driving paintball experience in montreal canada I've been looking to pick up some monsters because of this lately, even though I'm not a big energy drinker. But at one can, you get a badge, five cans, a battle pass skin, 10, a volt skin, and more rewards all the way up to 60 cans, including Wraith and Octane skins. We've seen a lot of people really excited about this in our Discord. You picking up any monster energy drinks anytime soon? I probably won't. I'm mostly a root beer drinker, so this isn't really my style, but I've seen a lot of people kind of doing the math about, okay, how much are these skins worth on a yeah. dollar basis? Mm -hmm. And it's been some red flags because they're kind of expensive. I don't personally feel like it's designed to be unfair. I think if you already drink Monster and you're buying yep. cases of it, wow, this is an awesome day for you. I, I think mm -hmm. that's really what's targeted here is going to really make some gamers really happy to get some free stuff. Yeah, and love seeing Apex continue to partner with companies as long as it brings in-game content like this. It's really awesome to see. Next piece of news, last month Apex had two landmark achievements in popularity, the most popular season since release on Steam, and had the third most hours watched of any game on Twitch behind League of Legends and GTA, ahead of all other BRs. Henry, the game's more popular than ever. We're more popular than ever. How are you feeling right now about the Apex community as a whole? I'm feeling good. I mean, this season was big for for us. We thought, you know, this is the big 10. And mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. that it's rising to that level in terms of the features that they implemented, the legend, having three maps. There's a lot of things that are going good. And I think that we're both excited. We're happy to be here. We're Really proud of the content we're putting out and the game that we're playing. I am, though, holding my breath for Vanguard, and I want to see what yep. happens. Because I think Apex is the greatest, but I'm not yet convinced that the entire BR community fully accepts that as the truth. Mm -hmm. We will see. We'll see what the streamers do when Vanguard comes out. Obviously, when it releases, there will be an influx of players there, probably away from Apex in turn. Do they come back? We'll see. It's going to be really fun to monitor. 
Next piece of news, latest Prime Gaming skin to be added to the game is the Brand Ambassador Mirage skin. We don't normally talk about these, but the Brand Ambassador one is just such a fantastic design. It says Bamboozle all over it. So how could we not talk about the Bamboozler himself in Mirage? Make sure you go redeem this one if you haven't gotten your Prime Gaming skins in the past. This is a must, must grab in my opinion. Last piece of news, the last Arena's Flash event is live with this one, including a free rare Volt and Caustic skin. I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on the Flash events in general, though. Have they gotten you to play Arena's at all? Have they been an important staple for you wanting to get onto the grind in any way, shape, or form? Because they're not really announced or made a real big deal of in terms of promotion right now. Yeah, I mean, I see them and I do try to complete them. Because it, I think, helps you complete the battle pass faster. And Mm -hmm. I enjoy playing arenas, and so I will try to finish them in a week. The rewards, though, are not incredibly flashy. So I don't think that it is a major pull, but I do appreciate them just because of how frequent they are and the benefit of just getting battle pass levels and packs. Like, I think that's really nice. And they're pretty easy to achieve, I think. You don't have to do anything super crazy. I think just playing arenas, you can complete them. Yeah, it it is tough to say the least, I think, (laughs) and no doubt about it. I think that they uh, are trying to bring some attention to arenas, and I hope that it is working for them with this tool. I would love to hear some of the community's thoughts in the Discord about this one, though. So hit me up if you're a big proponent of the uh, arenas flash event. That's going to wrap up the news, though. And now let's get into the main topic of the day and talking about what has been copied from Apex Legends in other video games. It's kind of a fun one that we've had on the schedule for a little while now and are excited to kind of get into it at this point. Yeah, it's a really fun topic, but it's also a pretty practical topic because Mm -hmm. game developers are constantly developing on others' ideas and it's likely good business to pull from other games. Like, Why not try to implement something that is proven to work in a game and that players like? It's an easy mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. to decide. Now, it's not always done in bad blood at all. Like We look at EA's patenting the ping system and encouraging other games and developers to use it. That's positive. You know, like mm-hmm. We're sharing, we're collaborating, we're doing things good. And even though today we're going to discuss you know, other games that have maybe borrowed some ideas from Apex and vice versa... We're also here to celebrate Apex because the things that we're about to discuss show how awesome Apex is to play, but also how significant its impact has been on the gaming industry and the battle royale genre. Totally. We're also going to kind of discuss, is it ethical? Is it okay to iterate, emulate, or copy things from other games? Like, We want to hear your thoughts. Let us know. It'd be great to have a discussion about this. Um, and we're going to try to unpack it as well. It's interesting. I think you go a couple of ways with that kind of idea of ethics. And I think there's unfortunately going to be situations where, you know, maybe you do cross the line versus not so much. But there's a lot of really good things, like you mentioned, we're making games better. And all we want is for all games to be better, per se. And it seems like that is kind of what the game development community wants as well with there's never been a big uproar of, oh my goodness, EA is suing Epic for using this idea or something along those lines. It's always in pretty, pretty good faith. 
Let's start it off, though, talking about the big one and talking about when Fortnite copied Apex Legends. What's your favorite, favorite one from this category maybe to start with here? I think that it's hard to pick a favorite because there's been a lot of kind of transfusion between the games. But the first one that comes to mind is Apex was one of the first shooters to really implement zip lines onto their Mm -hmm. map design to the level that they have. The speed that it has, the verticality and the horizontal movement that zip lines offer as a feature in Apex maps is very unique. And it just so happened that Fortnite pretty much released zip lines in their game about six months after Apex was released. This was an interesting one, you know, because zip lines aren't really something that you should have a patent on or you should have exclusivity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's mostly just fascinating to look back and say, wow, Apex strangely kind of introduced this feature that seems mm-hmm. so simple, so awesome. And it was quickly adapted into other games like Fortnite. Yeah. And in that same vein, I think we're talking about the movement of Apex and how impactful that was in other BRs. Fortnite also then went on and added the slipstream, which was those rings that allow you to fly through areas of the map and then redeploy to get across the map quickly, which is essentially the same mechanic of launch towers. So it's really cool to see those two things, the slipstream and the zip line looked at as, hey, Apex has really cool movement. People like it. People like the rotations. People like the verticality that these brings and the distance you can travel across the maps. And we're going to introduce that into Fortnite, which is in general a much more slower paced game from a pure movement perspective. Yeah. And, you know, Apex came onto the scene without vehicles, without Titans. And so having features like launch towers and zip lines, I think were critical to the just basic enjoyment of the game. And so seeing that be rippled on and kind of repeated makes a lot of sense because it clearly works. And even though we've seen Triadens vehicles come into Apex later on, it seems like Apex really paved the way for the new type of map traversal, which we all really mm-hmm. enjoy. There's a couple other things. We got Fortnite as the copycat of for Apex. The biggest switch is probably the ping system. I mean, this is the one that's caught the news and now it's patented and people want it to be shared, which is fantastic. Uh, but after Apex released, Fortnite added a simplified version weeks later. No voice lines or in-depth pings. You couldn't like ping every weapon and say, hey, this is here, blah, 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 etc. Nothing like the, hey, I'm attacking here. We're watching this area. Apex was much more in-depth, but definitely a direct influence on Fortnite adding their own styled ping system, which, man, we've talked endlessly about our love for the ping system and what it just does for the health of multiplayer games with randoms and squads. I was really happy to see that that's kind of been one of the big things that Apex has influenced other games with. Totally. I mean, the ping system is Apex Legends gift to the world. Like yep. I think it really, mm-hmm. if you want to create a team-based game, you cannot avoid having a robust ping system like Apex. Yeah, it's necessary at this point. And people are disappointed when it's not there. Like that's a, that's a tough combo. The other kind of, I think, this is the one that people focused on that was like, whoa, that's atrocious. And that's the response post-deaths. 
Fortnite added their reboot vans to the games right after the release of Apex. And that was one that people were kind of like, oh my goodness, this is something Fortnite kind of went out there apparently and said they were never going to add. They didn't want that as part of the game. And soon after Apex's release, uh, we saw these and then we got statements from Fortnite kind of saying, oh, we were already planning this, et cetera, et cetera. So like this was the one that I think had some controversy in the news around it, Uh, but such a great way to engage with randoms and keep people from quitting the game even after death. Such a great benefit of BRs. Yeah, it really is. And I think that it's important and you're going to see it in all BRs to come in some shape or form. And so the fact mm-hmm. that Fortnite went ahead right after Apex release and did something that was essentially the exact same, it's understandable. It's a hard feature mm-hmm. to ignore after Apex kind of christened the entire genre with it. Yeah. Here's one of your favorite copies, the Loot Vault. Fortnite added the very similar thing to the game, included needing a key card as well to access it. It came with their spy themed season. So that was kind of the reasoning behind adding a loot vault. But World's Edge had been popping off with their loot vaults for a couple of months at that point. Come on, this one, this one's up there with the uh, copycatness of it. It's really tough. I mean, this was a pretty unique feature on, you know, World's Edge, the Apex really created and put into the br genre and it's 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 pretty funny i mean i don't want to say everything's interesting uh because that's not really yeah. a very passionate it's kind of neutral but this one is tough it's mm-hmm. kind of like well loot vaults are a pretty unique idea and to just see it kind of copy and pasted is something else And this is one that was also emphasized in trailers by Apex. They were quite proud of this loot vault system. You know, look back on your uh, season season three trailers, correct? Oh my goodness, please don't tell me I got the release of World's Edge wrong. And you'll see there are gameplay trailers that have full on loot vault in the title and explaining how they work like there was a lot of care and thought that went into this in-game element essentially 100 percent. the next thing that was kind of pulled from apex was this proper idea of a hot drop and having it mm-hmm. really be labeled on the map um essentially we all know you have a higher likelihood of high tier loot but higher risk because it's a beacon to everyone and all the sweats to to go get that higher reward. Um, this phrase of hot drop has been used a lot in BRs, dating back to PUBG and early Fortnite, but actually having it be labeled um, is something that really Apex introduced. I have my own thoughts on kind of how hot of a drop is it? Is the loop really? <laughs> substantially better when it's in this blue circle i don't know i don't always feel it like i feel like there should be a guaranteed gold weapon at least there Mm -hmm. and i don't feel like that always happens there's definitely some hot drops where you feel like you get robbed i think and i always wonder did somebody drop in with me and then run away like grab something and run maybe that's how i try and justify it in my head This is just such an interesting one because the concept of an actual hot drop that's marked is more so than just saying, hey, Tilted Towers, hey, Skull Town, those are your hot drops. Because now we're actually emphasizing areas of the map that were prior 
not really ones of importance. And this is a cool way to spread out the people and spread out the in-game knowledge of learning why and how to go somewhere. I love it. Totally. And just to showcase different POIs that it's a lot different dropping at a location alone than it is with six teams. And they play differently. You learn different things about them. So it's a big feature, I think. The next one is the season eight of Fortnite. And at the end of the battle pass, there was a skin. And a lot of players noticed a resemblance to Lifeline. Same hair, similar skin tone, seemed like a bit of a Lifeline ripoff. And that's that's kind of getting close to the line of, okay, you can take mechanics, you can take ideas, but if you start taking characters, that that's getting dangerous, I think. That is the danger zone. I do think a lot of skins are kind of shared across the games. You know, we've kind of like Apex, there's a skeleton skin that they kind of maybe pulled from Fortnite. And so there's a lot of the skins going each and every direction. But I think once you start talking about the character model, not just the the skins. This is what Apex is known for. Lifeline is a character in the game. That's different from saying, hey, let me take one of the skin versions and kind of have it be implemented in some way, shape, or form. This one was close. And in that same vein, maybe a little bit different, but we also had the Octane Heirloom come out and then very similar knives with similar animations dropped soon after in Fortnite. This was one of the actual first ones that I kind of saw once we started focusing on Twitter and being a part of the community. This was an interesting one as well, because I don't know, is it the concept of bringing in melee weapons? Is that copying? Maybe, but it's fine, probably. Okay, now is it doing the same thing? Is that copying? But at the same time, it's like, it's a knife. It's a butterfly knife, you know, like, there's only so many limited options if you're going yeah. that route. And so that's why it's like you you can't really get frustrated about this, I feel like, if you're a fan kind of getting in your Twitter fights with uh, fans of the other game. I think the frustration comes down to timing. You know, if yeah. you implement shock sticks right after Lifeline's Heirloom was released or a Butterfly mm-hmm. Knife right after Octane's was released, that's suspect. Like, that mm-hmm. seems like, wow... You know, a lot of times people look at Fortnite and they say, at least in the early years, they're just a content machine, just updates every two weeks, Mm -hmm. just like spitting stuff out left and right, keeping it fresh. And when you're potentially in a culture like that, it's a lot easier. You can cut some corners by just kind of pulling what works. What are other people proving that gets people excited? We're going to throw that in. Um, I think that's where it gets kind of dirty a little bit when you're, when the timing is at play because obviously I want a butterfly knife in every single game I play. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. you know, the timing is kind of what gets you. Before we get into the rest of the games, including Warzone, here's a word from our sponsors. Over the past year, we have reinvested nearly everything into better equipment for podcasting, new mics, new cables, computers, mixers, etc. Sadly, the most important element of our lives as gamers, podcasters, students, and professionals was ignored for far too long, a chair. Man, we have been sitting on the most horrendous chairs for hours on end, and we are finally saying enough's enough. We reached out to Autonomous, whose mission is to help smart people work smarter. They sent us over their top-of-the-line chairs, the Ergo Pro Plus, 
This chair is incredibly comfortable, fully adjustable, and breathable. My favorite part of it is that it's designed to prevent back pain and promote better posture. I have a bad habit of slouching in my seat, but with this new chair from Autonomous, I already feel much more comfortable sitting upright. Gamers are plagued with the stereotype of being hunched over and wrenching their neck to get closer to their games. I do it as well. This has a horrendous long-term impact on your neck and back. Investing in a solid chair is as important, if not more important, than a new headset, controller, mouse, or other gaming equipment. So we worked out a deal with Autonomous to give all third-partiers a 5% discount if you use our code 21thirdparty. That's 21thirdparty, no spaces. This offer expires September 30th, so use the link in the description and get yourself a new chair. Welcome back. Let's go. The other big dog of the of the trio of popular BRs. Let's talk Warzone and some of the copies from Apex. Maybe not as many as Fortnite, I think people would say, but there's still some interesting ones. The first one, I think, being one of the bigger ones that Apex kind of established as even a possibility in the gaming industry, which is something we've spitballed about all the time. And that is the surprise launch style. So Apex, they obviously in popularly released with no marketing or any word beforehand. And then it kind of just came out the day before we saw this trailer and we saw the Xbox in store saying, hey, this game's coming out tomorrow. Brought a lot of hype with it. I love that there was no opportunity to hate on the game before release, which is something that has proven to be popular. It kind of adds this mysterious factor. And then launching with content creators and Twitch, that being a very big, important avenue. It definitely proved to be successful. And Warzone followed suit uh, to an extent with COD having their data miners and such as well that are pre-established for a long time. So there was a core audience that already knew but there were data miners looking at Apex before we even knew about that. People just didn't really listen to them to the same level the Call of Duty people are listening to. Absolutely. You know, this idea of kind of a silent secret drop out of nowhere is really cool because in effect, you are letting the game speak for itself. You are mm-hmm. telling your story without any marketing, without having to tell a story. You're just letting the game play, let people enjoy it, experience it. And that's been really beneficial for Apex and Warzone. So, you know, that's just kind of a a technique, I think, that has been borrowed from Apex's legendary release. I think that it'll definitely go down in history with that trait. Broke a lot of records in those first couple of months, to say the least. And it's really cool to see this style because we've seen people with absorbent amounts of money spent on marketing you know cough cough crucible a little bit have not the uh, happiest releases so it can work both ways it's cool to see this kind of work and you know kind of set the stage for it to work in the future totally the next element is this idea of a halloween event we now have this in all the three big brs we got Mm -hmm. zombies in it we got spirits shadows It's essentially all the same thing, but Apex did it first in 2019. The others, Fortnite and Warzone, both followed in 2020 with their own spin on the concept. Each Halloween mode is different, you know? Mm -hmm, They're mm -hmm. 100% different, but the idea of 
implementing something where if you can't beat them, you join them and you come back in a different form around Halloween. Apex did that first and everybody copied it. And it was planned out as well, guys. Revenant was a part of the 2019 season four Halloween event and then later came into the game. So like this is something that was planned way ahead of time. So cool to kind of see it come into form like that. Uh, Really happy looking at that. But yeah, I mean, this is another one where it's like, oh, what a great idea, Apex. We can't really, nobody's going to get mad at you for copying per se a Halloween event that is is pretty mainstream at this point. Yeah. The next one, kind of a fun one. Let's talk the Gulag for a little bit. Very different from the Respawn Beacon, but it is in that same vein, the spin on the idea of bringing a teammate or yourself back after death. And as well with the Gulag, you have the buyback system. So if you fail in the Gulag, you can still go to these points of interest and spend money to have your teammate come back into the game and skydive in. And so Apex definitely with the respawn beacon seems to have put some inspiration into that. And we've had many conversations vice versa of saying, hey, do we want a Gulag system in Apex because of that? We had a full podcast about that. uh, One of our first episodes we released a long time ago. So this is one that's uh, impacted a lot of games and really cool to see COD's twist on it per se. Yeah. I really think that it is a very separate twist that perfectly fits Warzone and Call of Duty. I think that mm-hmm. I don't think a Gulag system would work in Apex. I think that we have nope. the respawn beacons. It works. You have the cards. It is fine. You couldn't have both. So you see a lot of content creators you know, calling to have something like this. But what I like about the separation and the difference is Call of Duty, you're kind of allowed to be a little bit more independent you're allowed to Mm -hmm. bring yourself back you don't have to be waiting on others and that really fits the style of the game you know there's not Mm -hmm. uh complementary abilities that legends have to work together like teamwork is less at the forefront of warzone than it is in apex and i think both their respawn mechanics really play into those a lot so i like the gulag system and i like the buyback system over there I don't necessarily yes. need it over here. There would be changes that we would need to the game to bring it over here. And we talked about abilities and stuff, the core, which totally fair. The other one being you would just need much larger lobby sizes. I mean, at, at this point with the 60 player lobby, people dying, you will get to a point in time where you're in the gulag waiting a while before someone comes in that you actually get a chance to even fight to come back. And then how does that ripple effect into the rest of the game? It's a tough situation, I think, with Apex, looking at that kind of potential implementation. The next thing that Warzone copied from Apex is the idea of a train that has high-tier loot on it. Summer of 2020, this was implemented into Warzone. Having a train was something that I think everyone knows was something that was a staple of World's Edge. A lot of tears are still being shed over its disappearance and removal from World's Edge. But this is something that came out. Warzone followed up on it, did essentially the exact same thing. Tough. It's another one like the Loot Vault where you go look back on the trailers. This was a huge point of emphasis for the new map for this season. And so that in turn equaling success 
Season 3 was a very big success for Apex Legends introducing a new map. And you do see this kind of, okay, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Let's do a style. Maybe they didn't have to go directly to a train as the in-map movement ability, but hey, it it worked. And it's a fun, fun feature for both games now. I think something that calls out both of those kind of copies, the, the loot vault and the train, is the fact that Apex releases a lot less content and they have so much less to pull from. Apex mm-hmm. gets to pull from the Titanfall universe. There's limitations in that. Warzone gets to pull from history, pop culture. Fortnite gets to pull from anything and everything. Oh, Fortnite's another level, yeah. So it's like really blatant and it's clear when you see things that you've seen before in Apex pop up in these other games where their creative reach is 10, 20, 100 times larger than Apex's. So, you know, things like the train, even though seems super simple, loot vault seems pretty universal, that's no problem. It all comes down to that timing and the fact that Apex focuses in, does one thing, and then, oh, it's copied. It's kind of something to look at. I think another note on kind of that style that kind of shows how much more of a limitation it is for Apex is, you know, Fortnite and Warzone, very well known and awesome for having their live events, their in-game events. And we haven't gotten that in Apex because it needs to be interwoven into the story in such a, I think, difficult way that also matches this moment of having a, a whole ton of fun. And so maybe there's some issues in that in that vein as well. So there's some limitations. And obviously, it's working for everybody though right now. As long as you don't have a bunch of hackers in your game. Cough, cough, Warzone. <laughs> Ouch. The next thing the Warzone did that maybe is one of the more indirect copies or Mm -hmm. inspirations is in season four they introduced the red door and it has similar teleportation properties as the portal in sing labs on king's Mm -hmm. you're not redeploying you're not going into you know the same space but you are teleporting across time there are some major similarities the reason that i don't think this is as direct or kind of a shameless copy is teleportation has been around in call of duty for a long time through the zombies mode like you're teleporting to the pack a punch teleporting to different maps doing all these kind of things where you have that portal phasing sort of interface where it it does look similar so i don't know necessarily if anyone really ripped off the other one but these are similar features on BR maps that Apex did do it first in the BR. So yeah. it's had to be on the list. It's in-game stuff that's inspired by other things. And we will get into what Apex has ripped off. And if we want to get all the way to the root of it, the designers of Titanfall and Apex Legends are old Call of Duty game designers. So it comes full circle, you know, everyone's influencing one another in that way. And it all seems to be uh, for the better outside of the occasional one that maybe crosses the line. This is not one of those. (laughs) It is not. This next one, though, and the last one that we have for Warzone today is one that inspired us to do this episode. 
because I feel very <laughs> strongly about it. Uh, last season of Warzone, season five, their theme was very reminiscent of the previous Apex season, season nine, mm-hmm. and had a Japanese theme, female lead with dark hair, purple color, and then Japanese masks in their battle pass that very similar to me uh, than the Wraith skin. So you got like three or four points here of overlapping. And again, all about the timing happening mm-hmm. right after season nine of Apex. Purple Japanese style masks. There's a lot of similarities here. Yeah, that's just the timing. It kind of comes back to that where it's like, if you release this, you know, two, three seasons later, nobody's going to even give it really a second thought per se. So it does come down to that in a lot of cases, but that's Warzone. So let's go into another game, though, and talk about a little sneaky favorite game of ours in Rogue Company, a game that could have really easily copied Apex's Amazing Legends, but really didn't do so. Uh, For anyone that hasn't played Rogue Company, they have what are called rogues, which are similar to legends. They have abilities and fixed weapon selections over there. And so we looked at this game, we're like, oh, this like class shooter that has these abilities per se. Interesting. Is there going to be some overlap with the creation of it pulling from, you know, like other games, Apex, Overwatch, the ability focused games. There's a couple of them. Do you want to go through them? Yeah, whenever we play new games, I at least always learn new abilities like, oh, this legend's like Lifeline. Like that's kind of just mm -hmm. my view on the world is through the Apex lens. And so we were both doing that for Rogue. And it's like when you bring someone, so like, for example, that's a great, that's a great one because we played a bunch of Rogue. We brought in friends that play Apex, but hadn't played Rogue. And they ask you, hey, what's this character do? And you're like, oh, that's like the Lifeline for apex per se and so it it helps in that way as well it's just kind of a shorthand in order to learn things faster and to get familiar um some of the rogues that are similar to apex's legends are anvil is kind of similar to gibraltar you have saint similar to lifeline then you have chalk which is probably the most similar out of all of Mm -hmm. them and he really seems a lot like octane but that being said, there are some clear similarities. We think that it was actually quite a tasteful emulation, not directly copying. And mm-hmm. this kind of plays into our conclusion about kind of how do you approach having speed as a system? You know, can you do that without having, you know, somebody who's quick, light skin and has a mask on their face and takes stim? Like, can you accomplish that? in another frame or model maybe like but is it going to be as clear to the player is it going to be as you know visual it these different questions that you ask kind of puts you into the same realm of okay we are going to be quite inspired by this other character design in implementing this feature into our game yeah and the style of game is going to pose a lot to it as well i'm sure there's a lot of people that played rogue company that probably haven't played apex if they're not br players but if you're introducing a new battle royale game 
in turn, just the nature of people, they are going to look for comparisons with the previous games they've played. And so doing it in that tasteful way, I think is, is that key per se to having success. Before we talk about Apex copying other games, I just got to say play Rogue Company. If you hadn't, it's a really fun one. I just played it like two weeks ago again, kind of re-downloaded it, had a good time on it. So if you if you get up to your ranked level, which is going to take you a very, very long time to do, and you want to play some games, hit me up in the Discord. So that's a grind. You deserve it if you get to there at that point. <laughs> that's right. Let's talk about Apex copying other games. And that's kind of the crux of it. These things go both ways. Um, but and through our opinion and research, we could not find that many things that Apex incorporated from other games. There's two big ones, though, that are kind of the leaders in this category. And that comes from Fortnite. Fortnite was the first game to establish these two key elements that helped launch Apex to success. And so many games after the fact, the first Battle Pass. Fortnite set the stage for these free-to-play games to use what is now an incredibly popular system that has fueled the success of these free-to-play model games, including Apex. Guys, I don't think if Fortnite came out with a battle pass, we would be having the same discussions about Apex Legends right now. And that's how popular of a system it has become for the gaming genre and Apex as well. Totally. It's, it's hard to imagine a world where apex could flourish without a monetization and a content strategy that included the battle pass system yeah and then we got map changes as well you know fortnite was kind of the first game which freaked people out where it was like every couple of months we're getting a new update we're changing something apex followed suit that kind of became the expectation for a battle royale game was that you were changing uh, stuff about your maps all the time but apex has kind of taken it to a new level only game that has three maps plus arenas maps now uh they're going hard in that way with it, what it seems like a fourth map coming soon pretty proud of that with apex i think that it's something that sets apex apart on top of the weapons the movement the legends like just the fact that there is so much environmental content it's mm-hmm. pretty staggering considering the size of the team. Let's talk about Overwatch. This was this is an interesting one for us to kind of dive into because when you talk ability focused legends games, you kind of before Apex Legends, Overwatch was the big one and League of Legends. Those are kind of the types of games that had these champions and legends. League I don't think applies as directly to apex just because of the drastic difference in play style but overwatch as you know a first person shooter we do see some more congruency and similarities between the two do you have a couple you want to go over though yeah i mean overwatch and apex are hero shooters and so there's mm-hmm. going to naturally be some overlap and we're going to find that in abilities we're going to see that in design and even a little bit of the lore and in overwatch there's a lot of characters that have some similarities in echo what we have in Apex today. A couple mm-hmm. of those are Revenant in Apex and Reaper in Overwatch. Commonalities between them, they both have kind of a skull faceplate and a form that protects them from death. That's pretty similar, honestly, just those mm-hmm. two things. Then you have Wraith and Tracer. Both of them, they're kind of the poster girl of the game. 
they have a phase ability. They get advantages in fight from knowledge of the future or different dimensions. And their abilities originate from an experiment that went wrong. So that one is interesting because Wraith mm-hmm. is very much the cover Apex. Apex came out in 2019. Overwatch and Tracer came out in 2016. So it's not like it was a secret what Overwatch did and the developers of Apex saw what they did. Yeah, there was time. There was time to look at it, break it down, and say, hey, I really enjoy playing this Overwatch game. I'd love to incorporate stuff into my game of Apex that I'm building out right now. It just kind of happens naturally in that way. Sure. and Maybe. Yeah, the <laughs> others would be Gibraltar and Winston. Both of mm. them have a dome shield. Their ultimate is used to reposition enemies, and each of them have a pretty lovable personality. So we're kind of seeing that kind of play into mm-hmm. some similarities, copying, being inspired by. Then we have Bloodhound and Hanzo. I love Hanzo, the goat. Shout out to Shay. Each <laughs> of these characters are guided by animal spirits. Their abilities include wall hacks for their team. And they're both kind of inspired by the old ways, bow and arrow, traditional mm-hmm. weapons, things like that. Definitely some overlap. And the last one that we're going to talk about is Horizon and Sigma. These ones are pretty clear to me because each of them have a black hole ability. This was the one that caught the most traction like upon release on social media. I felt like I played Overwatch Mm -hmm. and I was like, because I I hadn't played Overwatch before Apex. And I felt like, wow, Sigma is very similar to Horizon. Flying Mm -hmm. ability. Like each of them, they're a scientist whose research was weaponized, so they were betrayed somehow. But really, the black hole ability, uh, very, very similar, I think. Yeah. So there's a couple similarities. And obviously, there's a lot more characters in Overwatch, and there's a lot more characters in Apex that maybe have some similarities, but a lot of them are different as well. But we just want to obviously point out both sides of this and say that it's not like Apex can do no wrong if that's the opinion of the side that you are on per se. I think that that kind of comes back to the question though of, is that all right? Kind of copying abilities, you know, Overwatch, you mentioned 2016, Apex came out in 2019. Where do you kind of stand on that subject potentially of, are we cool with this kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, in this case where Apex came after, players want shield abilities. They want phasing, et cetera. Being 100% original is not only impossible, but also not very fun. Like, Mm -hmm. you want these core mechanics, these core legends, if you will, to be in a game like a hero shooter. Hard to be 100% different. So I think that it's inevitable to have overlap, but in other cases where timing and mimicking is a little bit more blatant, I think you have a red flag. Yeah, you said it well, it's hard. That's a really important thing. Designing a game, designing a character is very hard and doing so completely originally every time, naturally, you'll run out of ideas, you know? Like we got games like League that have, what, 120 something legends or something along those lines. They're at a point where they're ripping off their old legends. So it's like, it's just going to happen over time. I think that is this all right question. You get to a point once you're like, I'm taking abilities per se, and I'm also taking model and design. That's when you start to run into this issue of, okay, maybe we're maybe we're crossing the line here. And in that same vein, let's talk about the next game 
and talk about Bulletville, which I think you and I look at this one and we're like, okay, this might be the uh, the number one offense per se for Apex right now. This one, it looks to be pretty bad, folks. I, I'm kind of embarrassed about it, but Bulletville is an unreleased game and essentially Fuse, a legend, mm-hmm. seems to be ripped off from a Bulletville character called Hunter. They have the same hair, an eye patch, mechanical arm, skull belt buckle, grenade holster, mustache, biker vest. Both carry hip-fired explosive launchers. They look like it a would be image. quite a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. It, it's tough, and so you you layer on those abilities and design features on top of the fact that EA was invited to a play test of Bulletville in 2020 based off of their request in order to have Bulletville be published by EA. So it's reasonable Mm -hmm. that they saw Hunter before Fuse was released. And if you read between the lines there, essentially EA said, do you want to have your game published by us? And Bulletville said, yes, that'd be nice. And Mm -hmm. they say, all right, we have to see the game. We have to look at it and play it. They did so. And then they pulled content directly from it tough from an unreleased game you know it, yep. it's pretty shady and Bulletville was quite a good sport I think about this with their press release kind of coming in like they they needed to say something and they mentioned it and they were like hey you know this is tough for an indie game like us where you know we don't want people thinking our content was unoriginal that we're the ones that copy fused in terms of release order and they kind of mentioned we would love to have a partnership with apex maybe like an in-game kind of thing like this crossover per se so that's definitely the uh the number one for us from apex copying other things but before we get into five-star questions do we have any closing statements to kind of make about the copying each way besides the fact that you know, it just kind of, it kind of tends to happen in these video games. I think it's fun. I honestly do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't impact the player. I really don't think that it does. This is something that's at a high level. It's a business decision that I understand. A lot of people could look at it and be like, wow, these game developers, they get paid so much money. Why aren't they more creative? Well, it's because sequels sell better than original films. People like mm-hmm. things that are familiar. Like, it's just true. And so as a player, I want to play a game that works and that is proven and that is fun. Mm-hmm. Shay and I, over the last two years, we've played some new games that try to do experimental things. And mm-hmm. we don't play them anymore because they didn't work. So taking mm-hmm. risks in the game industry is really hard. And so I understand when there is this copying And for the most part, over this episode, I think that Apex comes on top as kind of being a leader in the BR genre and implementing some incredible features that have just been echoed and repeated and have made all gamers better off for it. Apex has done a lot of unique stuff. It's great to see. And as a gamer that loves Apex Legends, I don't mind seeing kind of stuff roll over into other games and vice versa. I think if you like something from a game and you see something similar in another game, it's going to make it easier to play that new game and have it be more approachable. And, you know, Henry and I will always say, you go play out, go play whatever you want and stuff. Probably end up coming back to Apex because the game is so awesome. 
Uh, we're confident in it. But when games are helping each other make the best versions, that's healthy for everyone that's a gamer and love to see it. Cosmetic stuff, that's when we start to kind of cross the lines and uh, enter the sus territory. With that, though, let's wrap it up by answering some five-star questions. First one is coming from Rembrandt. Mean this in the best way possible. Perhaps sweats is a prerogative, but as I have climbed the ranks, thanks in part to this podcast helping me think strategically about my gameplay, it truly is sweat or die. Out there for my fellow gold slash plat rank soldiers in the field, sweat and intellect are not mutually exclusive. Okay, let me get my airtime. How familiar are you all with the BR genre source material, the Japanese film Battle Royale from 2000? Arguable, but indulge me. Talk to us a little bit about that often forgotten subject of charms, best battle pass set, worst, as a true Weibo, the Valk set is pretty sick, what are your faves? Would you rather be assigned guns for a game at random or a character for a game at random? Put another way, do gun choices or legend choices have a bigger impact on your success in the match? For those of us who play solos and trios and ranks, what do you think is the most optimal drop-in strategy when you are the jump master but playing with a match-made teammates? I keep getting hot dropped by my paired jump master and it never works out well for us and costs everyone a lot of RP. I'm assuming there's a better rule of thumb, so please hop on the soapbox and give us the best rules for dropping with fellow randos. Much rando love, though. No hate. <laughs> <laughs> that's a ton to okay. unpack there all right so i'll try starting at the top let's start at the top battle royale from 2000 have any do you have any familiarity i have seen it, have seen it. okay it's more of a budget film it's not as mm-hmm. popular as the hunger games um uh, mm-hmm. it's pretty gruesome so i don't know if i recommend it to the general <laughs> audience but yeah I, I think that i have seen that um there wasn't necessarily a question about it but I don't know. Do we need to go through our favorite charms, battle passes, things like that? I mean, I, I'll just I'll touch on it real quick and I'll say I enjoy weapon and gun charms coming to the game. I think it's a really cool cosmetic. Uh, my favorite ones are normally the like ranked reward ones where like back in the day used to get really cool versions of the Apex A's and I love the look of those. Um, I don't have a favorite set though. I think that's kind of just good for the game. I like some of those ones though. Yeah, I like the charms that match weapon skins or match that's legend the key. skins. So mm-hmm. they try to get fully kitted out. Um, Guns for a game or random character for yeah, a game. That's the big one. I, I, it's really tough, honestly, because mm-hmm. I think I would have better performance if I was given an R301 at the beginning of the game. Like if mm-hmm. I could just pick my weapon right off the bat and drop in with it, that'd be fine. I'd take a random legend. But the fact that looting is such a big mechanic and you can't control it right now, it's very tempting to say, I'd like to pick my legend as I currently do and get a random weapon off the drop because you can expect that. Learning a completely different kit at random is probably more difficult than a new weapon. What do you think? I think that makes sense. I, I It's a tough argument because I come back to the, it's a gun game. Yeah. And it's, you know, guns first, legend second. And I feel like you play plenty of matches where you run through a game and you're like, wow, I rarely used my character per se in those situations, especially when you play maybe some of the characters don't even have a really big passive. So 
I don't know. I think from a competitive standpoint, I would have to choose my legend and loot through. From an entertainment and just kind of playing casually, though, I would much more enjoy my experience choosing my weapon and getting a random legend each and every time. Yeah, I think that's going to be the way to go. In terms of a drop strategy with randoms, when you're the jump master, that's a very acute question. I think mm-hmm. that the best chance you have is to try to avoid a hot drop, try to get to the edge. If you can get your randos kitted out with decent equipment, they're going to have a better shot at sticking with you, not getting distracted, not going somewhere else to loot, and just sticking together for the long run. I, I think that's probably going to be the best strategy. And if you're attached, you got to stick with them. Mm-hmm. You can't split off and go by yourself like through the fire and the loss of RP. You're going to still have a better chance winning off rip with the teammates in a contested area than soloing by yourself and running into a squad later one on three. You're going to put yourself in a tough situation in that way. Last question today coming from H-E-U-X-B. Hey guys, I just discovered this podcast and I'm already trying to absorb as much info as possible and I love the time to kill metric. Love the content. Quick question. I main bang and I fell off Apex after season one because I just wasn't improving. I'm back for season 10 and arenas have improved my combat skills immensely. I now feel competent in arenas, something I never felt in BR. What I've discovered though is that my 3v3 skills are not translating to BR as much as I hoped. Still not super comfortable with BR. Any tips for competent arena players who want to be able to to get some dubs across game modes? Yeah. This is an interesting question, one that we talked a long time ago, and is this going to be an issue? Are we going to get a lot of really skilled arenas players that can't translate it to a BR? Because let's be honest, in a BR, there's a lot more variables than what happens in your arenas. I will say you're in a great place to start listening to the podcast. Hopefully we can give you some tips and tricks to walk you through some of those strategies in game and how to play maybe a little bit smarter, maybe slower. That's not always the case, though, to play smarter. And hopefully putting those tips to work. I think in general, though, especially if you're just kind of getting into BR, to get more competent in BR, you're going to need to take a lot of fights in BR. You're going to need to learn the speed of combat in BR versus arenas and how it plays. You need to learn and get used to, okay, I just killed somebody. I got to swap. Got to like go through the motions as quick as possible because another team is coming. And so doing that as fast and as often as possible is probably going to be more important for a little bit than you may be going straight into, okay, I'm going to play for positioning, going to rotate. And that'll be, I think, the second key to then elevating your game to another level. Yeah, I think you nailed it with just the getting comfortable with the third party and the pacing. I wonder, though, if maybe a pointed advice could be either loot faster, so kind of just yep. get better at knowing what's important so that you don't get divided or caught out in the open, so looting faster. Or if that just isn't your style, if you don't like the BR pacing of that, because I understand that, scan the beacon. Totally. Scan the beacon, put yourself in a position where you can just focus on 3v3s in the superior positioning. like. That's what I would do. So mm-hmm. I think you could take one of those options, but the BR is third party central. It's the name of the show for a reason. Yep. Yep. No doubt about it. Thank you so much to the producers of the third party 10 
who supports us as a dropship captain on Patreon. Subscribe on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. And check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.